the Experience Starting Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Yona Greenstein. Yona is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, his experience here at the Darden School of Business, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview, Yona Greenstein. Yona, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brett. Thanks so much for, for having me. It's a real honor to be here. Yeah, it's great having you here. How's everything going? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. I'm currently up in New York City. Uh, my wife's up here, so I came here and surprised her last night for Valentine's Day. Um, and my flight kept getting delayed, so I had to keep making up lies, like because we said we had we were going to zoom at a certain time. But I kept being like, "Give me another hour. Give me another half hour." And she was probably very, very frustrated with me, but but didn't show that. And then I like made up for it when I burst through the door. Um, so up here now, and it's always great to be back here and, and to see her. You know, there's a movie in there somewhere, or at least a sitcom <laughs> episode. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Well, um, it sounds like a happy Valentine's Day. Thanks so much for taking some time out uh, for, for the podcast. Uh, we always start with the same first question. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Uh, what's your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm born and raised here in New York City. Um, I think like my family is obviously a, a big part of my upbringing. So my parents were were artists and and still are. My mom was a documentary film editor. My dad was an abstract painter. Um, and then my dad actually became a rabbi during my early childhood, which was a pretty big uh, transition for me. So I grew up, you know, every week on Friday and Saturday, which is Shabbat. Um, in the in the Jewish tradition, you know, being the rabbi's son at synagogue, um, where I got asked a lot if I was also going to be a rabbi, um, and knew from an early age that I would not. Um, <laughs> but it was it was good to have that in focus early. Um, and grew up all over New York, uh, originally in Brooklyn, some Queens, some Long Island. Went to school in Manhattan, so did a long commute there. Um, the thing I was really passionate about when I was younger was basketball again, is not necessarily what people would expect and definitely like do not have the genetic makeup for that. I'm like five, nine and could never touch the backboard. Uh, but the goal was to um, kind of maximize my talents as long as I could and then go into coaching so I could maximize other more talented people than myself. Um, so uh, I went to college, um, a small liberal arts division three school in upstate New York called Bard. Um, definitely not known for business, very far to the left on the liberal arts spectrum. Um, again, went there as an athlete when most people there did not know we had a basketball team. Um, had a, a really, really great experience there. I think kind of um, just enjoying the independence of it and really finding myself. Uh, spent a lot of time, obviously, with basketball, but also in local communities. Um, um, again, Bard, Bard's a pretty rural place and I missed being in a more urban environment. Um, and I also knew I wanted to, to coach afterwards. So a good way to get experience coaching was to get involved in youth basketball. So I did that starting pretty much my, my freshman year at Bard and pretty quickly I had this epiphany where I was seeing all these really talented young people, um, in these kind of the post-industrial cities in upstate New York, where I was like the proudest accomplishment of my life to this point. Um, which is that, you know, I overcame the odds and I'm playing small college basketball is like, I sure I worked hard, but I had like a lot, a lot of support along the way. 
um, and had this full circle movement, movement, you know, moment where I saw, um, you know, a lot of the kind of lack of support not related to basketball and the young people I was working with. Um, so kind of just started uh, working with local communities up there and doing more and more non-basketball program in conjunction with basketball programs. So we would host, you know, free basketball clinics, but have tutoring beforehand. We would bring people from local communities to come watch one of our games, but give them a tour of a college beforehand. Uh, and eventually grew up where we were providing free summer camps um, because the campus was pretty dormant during the summer and half the day kids would do academic programming and half the day would, they would do basketball programming. Uh, and before I knew it, I had like started a nonprofit through all these programs, like very accidentally uh, called Dream to Achieve as an undergraduate. So at that point, my goal was still to go into, you know, coaching, become like the next Brad Stevens, um, who was like a hot young coach at the time. Um, so I had my senior night on Saturday, who was like on the road recruiting on Monday, um, did not go to a lot of parties that year because I knew I would be like coaching my teammates the following year, my my senior year of college. Um, and over the next two years was, a you know, my first paying job was as a full-time assistant basketball coach, which was a ton of fun. And I was still running my my program on the side, which was growing. And I, you know, was finding more and more meaning in the world of youth development and kind of not having basketball be the ends itself, but using it for something else. And eventually got to the point where I could raise enough money to do that full time. Um, so I like gave up my dream career of being a basketball coach two years out of college, um, ran this kind of scrappy startup nonprofit um, full time at that point, did that for a few years, found that immensely rewarding. Also saw I like really had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know about how to run an organization, like anything about financial sustainability, um, I was just like, okay, like these are good ideas. So let's do more of them. Um, but you know, kind of burnt myself out a little bit there and then came back to New York city, uh, knew I loved doing youth development, knew I loved connecting young people with different educational opportunities. So went to work at a much larger nonprofit called iMentor, uh, and then spent almost seven years there and like really grew up in a professional sense. It was like my first time in a, in an office ever, right. It was like four years out of college um and worked in in programming and partnerships there eventually i was leading our, our 12th grade work in new york city which was you know supporting over a thousand seniors in uh title one high schools and helping them figure out their college and career goals through mentoring um and also doing a lot of our work with higher ed partners uh in new york and beyond um and at that point i was like okay like what do i do now um and i kind of you know had this itch where i felt like i, I had a lot to learn um, that I hadn't learned at that point. I was, you know, managing a good amount of other people and responsible for other people's learning. And I knew I would need to continue learning to continue doing a better job there. Um, and, you know, that like kind of curiosity uh, is what eventually, you know, encouraged me to start looking at business schools and, and thankfully brought me to Darden. And I can I can go into that too, but I'll pause there. Oh man, so much to unpack there. So um, New York City, basketball capital of the world, I think it still, still holds that title. Um, do you have a favorite basketball player uh, from when you were growing up? So my favorite player growing up was Jason Kidd. Um, so I was my, again, my parents were not sports people. Um, so when I went to my dad and I was like, hey, like, I would love to go to a basketball game. He like called the Knicks up, was like, hey, I want two tickets for me and my son. And they were probably like, you know, that's $500. And he hung up the phone immediately. And then he called the Nets who were in New Jersey at the time. Um, and they were like, you know, like, please come. That's like $10 for the two tickets. So became a Nets fan. They got Jason Kidd, who is like this highly cerebral, unselfish player. 
which like I wasn't the most talented player, but I could be cerebral and I could try to be unselfish. So I, I really admired that. And now my favorite team is definitely like I have a, I also ran a, a travel basketball program, which is called an AAU program um, for the last five years or so in New York City before I went down to Darden. So those would be my nights and weekends. And a lot of those kids are, you know, playing D2 or D3 basketball now. So my favorite players and my favorite teams are all these small college players that uh, I get to watch on weekends now because I used to coach them. Now, that's great. And New York has a New York City has a grand tradition of great point guards. A lot of uh, a lot of great point guards came out. I don't know if you've seen the Stephon Marbury documentary. Super interesting. Kenny Anderson's from Lafrac City. There's a lot of a lot of people. Um, yeah, pass through New York, and, and I mean, there's a long, long list, so you go on forever. So, oh, I'm from, I mean, I'm from right across the the highway in uh, yeah. Regal Park, Queens. So, know the Kenny Anderson story well. Lamar Odom's also from there. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I haven't sullied the tradition uh, too much. My own lack of so, talent. Well, it's uh, it's a very interesting story. I say, you know, we've done a lot of these. Uh, haven't had too many opportunities to talk talk basketball. So, it's a, I appreciate you indulging <laughs> my questions. Um, so how did you get interested in Darden specifically? So, um, again, I had this kind of growing interest in potentially going to business school, um, which was, again, I, I was ready to learn more. I think I was ready to deal with, like, I think different problems. I was very much at kind of this big inflection point between high school and college or high school in the future. But, like, you're at that point, you're dealing with a lot of other problems, right? Like poverty, housing and I was, you know, I wanted to kind of zoom out. And I had also seen how much the private sector was really starting to get involved, not just in funding, you know, great social solutions, but in actually implementing them. And I, you know, saw the future was going to be a lot of public-private partnerships. And if I was going to be effective in that future, I needed to know the private side too. So it was like, you know, September. <laughs> so it was pretty late. Um, decided to apply, you know, maybe three months before round two is due. But I still didn't know anything about business school. So I started with, um, you know, learning about the consortium, which I'm a proud member, a proud, you know, fellow of. I don't know if that's the, the way to say it. Um, so I, and for those that don't know, the consortium is this amazing organization and also network that brings together and, and helps fund people who are committed to diversity in business. Um, so once I found out that community existed, because beforehand I thought like business school was just people like burning down the rainforest to like make an extra buck. I wasn't sure if I would fit in values-wise. So once I knew the consortium existed and, and I could get funding from it, quite honestly, I knew that that would be my path going to uh, you know pursue my MBA. So Darden was one of the consortium schools. Uh, I knew my wife, again, would, would stay in New York. She's like the most interesting uh, thing about me and the best part of my life. And she's an actor. So professionally, she's here in New York City. Um, she's actually part of a new show now called Suffs that opens on Broadway in a couple of months. So go check that out when it does. Um, so I needed to be something that was consortium and also commutable to New York rather quickly so I could sneak home for Valentine's Day. Um, so, you know, those were the logistical reasons. And then once Darden made that cut, it really rose to the top fairly quickly. Um, the people I met through Darden were just, I think, the most genuinely themselves, the least robotic and the warmest. Um, I've always found Darden, even from my first conversations, to be a place where I think first, again, because of the case method, people are very comfortable speaking out and sharing their stories and sharing their opinions. And two, it's like a place of like real collective striving, um, right? It's a place where a lot of people come to, to pivot careers. 
where people necessarily haven't been on like an elite trajectory since the time they were 15 or 16, um, how I've seen at some other institutions, but people are willing to be ambitious while still supporting each other, um, kind of going through a similar journey um, in a really unique way. And I, and I love that about Darden. I remember like the week before my interview, I took like an impromptu trip where I borrowed a car and me and my wife came down and met like five people in less than 24 hours. Um, and, you know, saw someone getting ready to get a tattoo, like slathering oil on themselves in their Ivy Gardens apartment, right? Grab coffee with another person. And everyone was just so welcoming and, and so genuine. Um, and they also just talked about how, you know, the larger community was really structured to bring people together through so many of our traditions, like first coffee sections, learning teams, like how someone put it was like, do not underestimate the power of all these traditions um, that Darden has in just making people closer with each other. And I've really, really found that to be the case. So that was the first reason that I was really drawn to Darden. Um, second reason was academically, uh, you know, Darden is case method. And, uh, you know, I had come from a small liberal arts undergraduate experience that I found much, you know, stimulating. It was what I was used to. And also, I mean, I think quite honestly, I'd be like bored out of my mind sitting in, in lectures all the time. And I knew almost everything that I'd be learning would be new. You know, I hadn't taken a math class since high school. And it was really important for me to have an engaged, hands-on learning process and to learn from as many people as possible. And I think, you know, that's the reputation of the case method. And it, like my academic experience at Darden has more than lived up to it. Like I have really poured into that experience. You know, I was out of college for, for 10 years before I came here. So a little older than the average student. And like, I value my educational experience so much more as an adult and having worked for, for those years. Uh, and the last reason, you know, quite frankly, was just career outcomes. Uh, I knew I wanted to pivot to consulting because I love the, the team-based nature of it. I love the variety of the work, but I love the fact that there was still the opportunity to focus on, you know, education and public sector and social sector. And Darden, you know, to this day, year in and year out, is an absolute powerhouse in preparing people who have no background in consulting to go to the best consulting firms in the world. And, you know, I summered at McKinsey, I'll be going back afterwards. So Darden has more than lived up to its end of the bargain there. All right, so you come to Darden, you're a brand new first year student. Um, what was the adjustment process like for you, Yona? You mentioned you, you hadn't been in school for about about 10 years uh, when you came uh, to Darden. I imagine there were probably a few a few changes. I mean, I, I loved it, I'll be honest. Um, I think year two, I think, is the tough transition, right? But um, year one, also for context, I so Darden starts in October, um, and we kick off with CORE, which is a pretty regimented, pretty intensive academic experience, and I got married in September. Because again, I had, you know, already had that date set and didn't know I was applying to business school until fairly late in the game. Um, so one of the biggest adjustments was planning my wedding um, while acclimating to Darden, which was actually very grounding in a sense, because I had this huge life celebration that really put everything else I was going through in perspective. But I'd say in terms of my adjustments, one was that and being away from my wife and just figuring out the best routine for us. So, you know, we would have like movie night once a week where we would like, you know, go on Zoom and watch the same thing at the same time and like always have to pause because like she was two seconds ahead of me and like her audio was like telling me what was coming next. So number one was just really like knowing my priorities and, and carving out that time to make sure we were connecting in that way. Um, I think number two was just like learning so many new things, which was really liberating. Um, and I felt like, 
you know, it was a chance to learn more quickly. So like what I would always tell people, like if, if I'm in a debate with someone about like education, um, it's hard for me to learn something from that debate. Right. Because like, I'm on the defensive a lot. I already think I'm right. I've, there's a part of my identity that's on the line as I hold that position where like, you know, if I get something wrong in an accounting class, like, I'm like, cool. Like, thanks for correcting me. Now I know how to do this. So there was like all this new learning going on um, very quickly in all these new, like, you know, new areas. Um, and I love that. And I think for me, it was figuring out like, okay, like how much of this do I need to really master right now? And like, when is it okay for me to just get to 75%, um, right? And that's good enough when you're trying to learn 30 new things a day. And like my learning team was like so helpful when it came to that, I had an absolutely phenomenal learning team. We met three times a week, you know, for the whole year and still grab dinner every quarter. Um, and then the third adjustment was just, again, also something that was pretty liberating was like, you know, my schedule was set. Like, you know, even working beforehand, coming from like the COVID, COVID hybrid space, like I was setting a lot of my own schedule when I'd be visiting school sites, when I'd go to the office, when I'd schedule meetings. And like, I came to Darden and, you know, I was like a toddler again. They're like, okay, at 8 a.m., you're going to be here, right? Like, you're going to have a learning team. These are the people you're going to hang out with, right? Like, we're either going to throw these, like, you know, those are your play dates, right? We're going to throw these, like, social events. Um, and I, it was a big adjustment, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, again, I got married a, a month in, and when I came back, that was also really helpful because I was like, okay, like, what is actually important, right, as I move through this new routine, um, but, uh, it was, it was all good. My freshman year, definitely. Uh, no, I shouldn't say freshman, excuse me. First year, um, at, at Darden, I felt like a freshman again, as you can tell hearing me talk about it. Um, but I felt like I was like at the world's best summer camp for adults, um, especially coming from New York city and still, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. What's a good movie to watch at a distance like that? Did y'all discover any, any movies you really enjoyed uh, during that viewing experience? Um, I mean, there was always the trade-off of who is going to pick the movie. Like, I don't know. I mean, choosing a movie can be pretty, it can be work in itself. Um, but we, we watched everything, you know, comedies, uh, drama, you, you name it. We watched some good ones. We watched some Pixar in there. Um, it was, you know, it was about the quality time in the company. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's, uh, choosing a movie can be a very, very complicated endeavor for sure. So you mentioned that maybe second year is a little bit more complicated uh, than, than first year in terms of the adjustment. Why is that? Again, I think, um, I mean, I could just speak from my own experience, but right, first year, the I think the goals are kind of given to you, right? Like you're going to come to a new place. You're going to hopefully get a job you're really excited about. Um, you're going to meet a lot of great people. You're going to learn a lot of new things and we're going to tell you, right. What the things are you're going to learn and how you're going to learn them. Um, and when I came back second year, I mean, I was up here in the city over the summer. Um, and I think like, you know, in a very different adult world, doing my internship and spending time with my wife and spending time with friends. And then I, you know, I came back to Darden and like, I was thankful to have a return offer. So very, very grateful for that. So like, I had to kind of set my own goals right? In a very, very different place. And I don't think I was necessarily ready to do that initially. So I had to take time because there's always like so many cool things happening at Darden, but like, all right, like how am I actually going to prioritize the things I want to pursue and how I want to spend my time? And I think it took me a real week or two to figure out, okay, right? 
like first year was very broad, right? This year, I'm going to go deeper in a lot of ways. It's going to be a little bit more depth and breadth. And I want that to be, you know, a little bit more hands-on, not just learning kind of new theoretical things, but applying them. So, you know, finding things to get involved with where I'd get to be involved with social ventures and educational ventures and things like that and, and actively work on them. Um, has been a big part of my second year. I'm doing a global client project with like a school network in Tanzania. I'm teaching, uh, you know, incarcerated learners through prep. Uh, I'm working on a joint project with PLE, Partners for for Leaders in Education, on improving post-secondary outcomes, right? So that was kind of like the depth of the things that I'd be involved with and how I apply my learning. Um, and then also, right, like what, what people would I spend my time with? Um, Right. And what what else would I do? Uh, you know, and I think I've tried to really invest in making sure I'm building the right habits by myself, because like as someone put it, like if you can't spend time taking care of yourself here at Darden, it's probably going to be hard when you're working 70, 80 hours a week in the real world. So, you know, that's been one of my priorities. And again, just making sure I'm spending quality time and staying connected and building deeper relationships with like the so many amazing uh, students and professors. Uh you know, here at Darden, like, you know, the, I'd say there was a month stretch in Q1 where I had coffee with a different professor every single day um, that I had had in, from first year just to like catch up with them and reconnect. Um, and also just like ask them about their research and let them like nerd out. Uh, and I get to hear from a world expert on something I know nothing about and learn a whole bunch of stuff in like 20 minutes. And, and that was really cool, but it took me a couple of weeks to like, right. Even think like, okay, like, you know, that's a really great way to spend my second year. Um, and I would honestly, right, I think um, it's probably something I should have spent a little bit of time doing, doing over the summer, too. I really appreciate that. We haven't had this particular conversation on the podcast yet, but you're right. If you already have your job offer and, you know, you all that energy in the first year, you know, new student going through the core, going through the internship recruitment process, trying to find that internship. Then you get if you get your job offer. You come into second year and it's like, well, what are we going to be about here in the second year? You know, what, what are the goals? You really have to kind of define those uh, for yourself because some of that external stuff that helped give shape to the first year is, is not not there in the same kind of way. Yeah. And we're all very type A people, right? Who are, you know, used to like, okay, like I'm working towards an outcome or I'm working towards accomplishing something. And I think the beautiful thing about second year is, you know, for a lot of us, it's really not about that at all. And it's a real chance to develop those those other muscles. Well, tell us a little bit about the prison education program. Uh, I think it's a really cool program. Uh, had Greg Fairchild on an Office Hours episode. He and his wife, Tierney, uh, run this program. Tell us a little bit more about what it's like from a student perspective. Yeah, so I'm, I mean... First of all, I'm super glad that they've had a chance to share the amazing work that they created and they lead. I'm not going to butcher like the history of it in any way, because I'm sure I would not do it justice. And, and they've done a phenomenal job there. But from a student experience, right, prep is the opportunity. I think there's around 50 of us to teach business and entrepreneurship classes uh, in local prison facilities. Um, and to me, it was something that I had heard about as a prospective student. Um, from Eric Smith and his partner, Jess, who is actually running it last year, um, who I met very, very early on and who are really, really good friends. Um, so it's something I always knew I wanted to do. Um, and I think it's exciting for a few reasons. One is, I mean, Darden is, I think, such a bubble, right? For me, I'm like such a New York City snob. Like Charlottesville already is pretty small. Then UVA is like another level 
um, you know, beneath that. And then Darden were a little bit isolated in North Grounds, which I think leads to a really, really tight-knit community. Um, but it's easy to kind of get disconnected from the rest of the world. Like I tell people, like, I'm not used to waiting for anything at this point, right? We get free coffee every morning. Like, I never really wait online for anything, right? Like, I don't have to commute. Um, like, this is probably, like, the peak inpatient I've ever been because we're so spoiled at Darden. So first, I think it's really great to to step out, out of that to the prep program. Um, and a lot of us will go, I'd say, like, probably every other week to a different facility within a, an hour of Darden. And then the other aspect is the chance to make right a real impact. Um, the prison industrial complex is a pretty ugly, unwieldy thing in America. Um, you know, I've worked, unfortunately, at the beginning of what is often a pipeline to that in the public education system. And I know, you know, a lot of my former students who just did not have a lot of great options and have ended up in really difficult situations. So it was never lost on me that a lot of the the learners in prep could very easily just be older versions of the students that, you know, I spent 10 years trying to create opportunities for in different ways. But now, right at the other end of that funnel, funnel it's really tricky for them in terms of the challenges they're going to be facing when they're released. Um, so just the value of that was very powerful, powerful for me. And then lastly, I mean, I love teaching. Um, I love, you know, educating, I'd say in doses, right? Or else I do not have the patience to be a full-time teacher. And the chance to just be in that environment is is very energizing to me. And it's also a test because again, I've learned a lot of new businessy things in the last year, but there's the saying, the best way to know something is to teach it. And now I have to teach it and make sure someone else could understand it. So it's been a phenomenal experience. I teach the entrepreneurship class, which supports a group of 10 learners who are preparing to be released. Um, at some point in the next two years and would like to start their own small business. So it starts by teaching them kind of entrepreneurship fundamentals in, in different ways. And now during the second half of the year, we're really supporting them in, okay, what business do you want to create? And now let's drill down, not just from a concept stage, all the way to a much more detailed business plan. And it's been tremendously rewarding. That's awesome. Well, thanks for walking us uh, through that experience. I think it's so cool for prospective students listening to this episode just to know about this program and um, the opportunity that students have have here. Anything else that's been, you know, a part of your second year that you would want to want to highlight? Yeah, I mean, a, a ton of things. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to just go on listing a bunch of stuff. Uh, and apologies for for all the amazing things I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, but uh, or I would be sure to forget. But uh, another thing that's top of mind for me, I'll, I'll give you two things I'm looking forward to now. Um, one is I'm part of something called the Tri-Sector Fellowship, which brings together students from Darden, the law school, and the Batten, the public policy school. And every Wednesday, we have dinner together. It's always great to get free dinner. And we hear from a different speaker who works at the intersection of some type of public-private initiative or partnership. Um, so, for example, we heard from the, I believe, Darden alumni who runs like the small business campaigns with Amex. And we heard from a, a Darden alumni who's the head of global human rights at Mars. And essentially, it's the idea that just knowing about one of these is not enough and that there's a lot that we don't know. So, for example, uh, a lot of newfound respect for lawyers and, and legal minds, because at almost every point, patents will come up. Right. Like and as business folk, at least for me, I'm always someone who's enjoyed a good idea. 
I would never think to patent, right? Like 360 degrees of my good idea, um, right? So we've talked about how important that is and when different organizations have gone through the patent process to bring something to life, right? Like small, Amex's Small Business Saturday. So it's a very cool space. It's a chance to, again, step outside of Darden just a little bit um, and kind of think about the possibilities in very real world terms. So I've enjoyed that. We have an upcoming trip to DC for a couple of days at the end of this month that I'm really looking forward to. And then just strictly in terms of feeling like a little kid again, um, I mentioned uh, I'm president of the basketball club, which is the the lightest lift of, of all the clubs, essentially just organizing pickup basketball games at Darden. But we do have a trip up to HBS next weekend where every year they host a NBA-wide tournament. Last year, there were 16 teams um, so we'll be representing Darden competing up there. And, you know, last year we finished third, just a strong showing and lost to HBS and this guy, Marshall Plumlee in the semis, who's seven one and had played in the NBA for two years. And I spent the entire game just trying to hold down his arms every time a shot went up. So he couldn't reach up and grab the rebound and like praying the refs would show mercy and not call the obvious fouls I was committing. Um, so we just got the schedule. We actually play HBS again in the first round this year. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes, but it's a chance to really travel with some good friends from Darden, play basketball and, and feel like a little kid again. So looking forward to that next weekend. Uh, that's awesome. I went to UNC, so very familiar with the Plumleys, uh, generally. Um, so do you have one of those light blue New Jersey Nets jerseys that they occasionally wear these days? Throwback. <laughs> so I'm like a few degrees removed from my Nets fandom since they moved to Brooklyn. And also since like I just started having my own seasons in college, it was harder to keep up. Um, I don't. I do have somewhere uh, an old Jason Kidd like gray jersey. It's pretty ugly. I feel like the NBA styles in the early 2000s are not quite at the same level they are now with Nike. Um, but, uh, I do not have any updated Nets gear, but I'm always open to it. If you have any ideas. I'm sure they have plenty of ideas for how you can spend your money. Um, they <laughs> seem to do a good job about, uh, of that. So, um, well, you know, I'm wondering anything else you're looking forward to in the, in the coming, coming months. I know graduation's on the horizon, be here in just a, just a few months. Anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think first and foremost, and I think most of my classmates would say the same thing is just spending quality time with with other people. Now can be a bit of a weird time, right? Darden's on the quarter system. So time moves very, very quickly here. The way I describe it is we're never quite in the middle of anything ever. We're either normally starting something or finishing something. Um, so I think it gives a, a real perspective. Like at the third quarter, we'll end in a couple of weeks and then we won't come back till mid-March. And then before we know it, it'll be graduation. So first is just spending time with people, grabbing first coffee, grabbing dinner. Um, we'll have a you know a beach week um, that I think will be much more subdued for me than maybe others. But just like getting quality time with as many people as possible, because I probably won't be five minutes from like a hundred good friends uh, anytime soon again. Um, two, I think is kind of wrapping up some of the academic stuff that's been really really rewarding for me this year. So I mentioned it earlier, but I'm working on a project with Partners for Leaders in Education, which is essentially a consulting organization within Darden, something I wish I knew about much earlier, that provides executive education and consulting to school districts throughout America. Um, and it's a chance to still be involved in education, apply a lot of the business concepts I'm learning, and hopefully 
you know, support these districts and serving hundreds of thousands of, of students everywhere. So I'm working on a project with them about how districts can improve their post-secondary outcomes, essentially just college and career. Um, so very much in line with what I'm passionate about and the work I've done before. And that's been fun because we've been working in a silo so far, and now we're starting to get feedback from districts and, and other partners. So really looking forward to pushing that project across the finish line. Um, I'm working on an independent study with, with MTH, uh, who is like just an absolute gem of a human being and so wise and so kind. Um, and the focus of that independent study is how to build diverse pipelines kind of to anything. Um, and then using the approach of how a diverse, more diverse pipeline is built and applying that to business education. So I think, you know, I'm a, a strong advocate for diversity and I know Darden believes in it as well, but I think there's a lot of momentum often behind pretty short term uh, ideas because there's the need, okay, we need a more diverse class next year right now. Um, but so does everyone. And I think um, there's a lot of work that can be done in just expanding the funnel uh, you know, as a basketball coach, one of my number one jobs when I was a college coach was recruiting. And one of the first questions I would, you know, ask a 17-year-old when I was on the phone with them was, okay, like, what are you interested in studying? And I'd say 90% of male 17-year-old basketball players, when you ask them that question on the phone, will be like, oh, like something with business, right? And then I would always ask them, oh, what kind of business? And normally they were like, I don't know, like essentially, you know, equating business with, with freedom and money which is true to, to definitely to some extent. And I think that's the power of a business education. But I know very, very few of those same 17-year-olds 10 years later, right, even know what the opportunities are like in, in business education. And there's very little bridging that 10-year that gap um, for a lot of those young people who have the potential to be, you know, really transformative business leaders and also build generational wealth for their families so that's been an exciting project. Again, I'm very, very lucky to work with MTH on it. Um, so excited to, to continue working on that. All right, Yona, last question for you here. Um, what's a piece of advice you would share with our prospective student listeners, something that you would encourage them to consider as they go forth on their own MBA journeys? Sure. Um, I would say three things, and I'll, I'll be brief with these, or as brief as I can be. But uh, the first is, right, but just starting the application process, I, I would do the opposite of what I did. Um, again, I wasn't really aware of a, an MBA as a goal for myself um, until very, very late in the game. And I got very fortunate that I was able to end up at Darden running through the process, including discovering, you know, what the tests were and things like that in, in around three months. So I would give yourself considerable time. Um to just take every step of the process really seriously, which brings me to my second thing, which is before starting an MBA, really figuring out why am I doing this, which the reflection that comes with the process is really helpful. But once you're entering an MBA program, really knowing why you're doing it and, and what your priorities are going to be. And I think I was fortunate enough to have a lot of life experience at that point, um, which, which made that clear and also have a great life partner and have our, our wedding coming up, which really put things in perspective. But I think the people who have the best experiences I've seen at Darden um, and the friends I've met at other schools have that clarity coming in. And the people I've seen who sometimes, you know, aren't always having the best time, it's because they feel like they need to get everything out of their MBA experience, right? They need the job, they need the good friends, they need a life partner, they need 
right? To achieve in every way, they need to be a president of a club. And because there's so many amazing opportunities, it's easy to be spread thin um, or just to chase different things um, if, right, if you don't take the time to do the work beforehand. Um, and the third, I'd say it goes back to something I've been trying to work on is, right, once you're at an MBA program, take the time to build the personal habits that you want to build during your life afterwards, because they'll probably never be an easier time to build those habits. So by no means perfect in, in any of these regards, but I've definitely gotten better at going to yoga and, you know, having a morning routine where I'm journaling or meditating. Um, those were things I was not doing nearly as much before. And my wife's a great influence there, but like the pressure's on for me a little bit because I'm like, these need to be solid um, when I get out of here because it'll be much more challenging, right? When I'm in my next environment. So would encourage people to, you know, take a little bit of time just with themselves and figuring out the habits and routines they want to build as well. Well, Yona, thank you so much uh, for the conversation today. Really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and thank you for also indulging all my basketball related questions. Like I said, we don't get to talk <laughs> basketball on the podcast quite as much as, as I would like. So um, thank you. Oh, of course. Um, happy to talk Carolina hoops, hoops, hoops anytime, Brett. I really appreciate you having me um, you taking the time. This is a tremendous honor and a ton of fun. And that was my interview with Yona Greenstein, second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darwin, that's C-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.